Today's episode is brought to you by Plus One Balms. Made from the finest natural ingredients and inspired by the traditional RPG stats, Plus One Balms are everything you need to level up your beard or boost your skin's armor class after you shave. Uh, personally, I use the Plus One of Strength Balm as a beard balm and an aftershave, and I really love it. And I would love for you to give it a try and support this cool company. Um, so if you've got a beard or if you shave anywhere and need some aftershave, uh, please head to Plus onebalms.com slash T-O-A-F-N and enter code T-O-A-F-N at checkout. That'll get you 10% off your entire order and will help support our show. Again, that is plusonebalms.com slash T-O-A-F-N, discount code T-O-A-F-N. Also, the Once in Future Nerd is brought to you, as always, by our patrons on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash onceinfuturenerd to become a patron and get lots of cool rewards, including hearing every episode ad-free. Now, this episode is the final episode of Book 2, Chapter 5, so that means we are looking for listener questions to answer in a YouTube live stream, and we will have all of the details for that after this episode so that the intro isn't too long, uh, but you will want to stay tuned after the episode for that. And lastly, I know uh, Rhiannon usually tells you this before a lot of our episodes, um, but do check the content notes on this one. We are dealing with some new stuff that could be really sensitive for some folks. Um, As always, we did our best, but if you think we could have done better, um, we're always glad to hear from you. Okay, enjoy the show. The Once and Future Nerd Book 2 Myth Made Flesh Chapter 5 An Impregnable Missive Part 4 by Christian T. Kelly Madeira Dear Ones, I must now set down the tapestry I've heretofore been weaving for just a moment, so that I may introduce one more thread. I know, I know, runs the risk of getting a bit busy, but the importance of this thread for bringing the broader picture into relief cannot be overstated. So come with me, out west, far west, past rebuilt freehold, past ruined Blackhold and ravaged Silberg, past even Jethro's remote cabin and its terrible cellar. Over the god-made walls of that primordial fortress you call the Black Mountains, down the foothills where the downtrodden many pull precious stones from the living rock for the benefit of the privileged few. Until finally we arrive at a town on the plains. The inhabitants of this town would be called Urkiet by the elves, that is to say orcs in the common tongue of the eastern realms, but they called each other, well, by their names. Allow me to introduce you to a woman of not quite 16 years, whose parents called her First Snow. We join her now at dawn, with an empty bucket over each shoulder, as she sets to the day's chores. Good morning, Auntie. But she was not the first to have done so today. Morning, girl. Slept in today, I see. If sleeps for the feast would mend the well like I asked him, then I wouldn't need to drag these buckets all over creation. You shouldn't speak so cruelly. Run 
Dog is a sweet boy. Come to think of it, why am I up so early doing this? He should be carrying the buckets. He's hardly seen 13. He needs his rest. We all need rest, Auntie. I'm not much older than him, and I'm doing the work of three grown women, instead of- Chasing boys? Matron knows I did at your age. Auntie. Ah, you chase boys, all right. They see you coming, they all run and hide so you won't ask them to do more chores. Someone has to. It's not my fault all the strongest folks went off to join that daft, pointless war. I spoke against it, if you remember. Stand but up for yourself. Listen to is a 15-year-old girl then, and no one listens to a 15-year-old girl now. I'm listening to you, girl. I always listen to you. But everyone's working as hard as they can. It's not enough. The days draw shorter and more chores go undone. Oh, I know it. I've seen many more winters than you. But does the lamed horse go any faster if you beat him? No. But neither does he heal once he's starving and cold, which we will be if we don't prepare more. Oh, your parents named you well first, Snow. You are inevitable. Try not to be chilly as well. Pleasant talking as always, Auntie. Send my love to... Oh, Twister, take me. I told Uncle I'd help him mend the pasture fence first thing today. Oh, I'm such girl, a fool. There's girl, too much girl, do you... it later. What? Do it later. He won't be insulted? He won't know. He's left again. Oh. Matron only knows where he runs off to. He was never like this when he was young. I'll never understand why he waited for 60 to start sowing oats. Well, he always comes back with something more than he left with and gives it to the town. So at least we know he's not drinking, gambling, or wenching. You should have faith in him. When you've been married to someone for 40-some years, you shouldn't need faith. You should feel like you know them. Ah, but you don't need to know about the worries of old folks. Go see to your chores and I'll... First snow, they need you at the listening post. All right, I'm coming. Bring the water back into town, will you? Or better yet, vent the blasted well. Now, the listening post was a small structure on the opposite end of town from the creek, much to First Snow's dismay. Mounted on each corner of its roof was a pole, and running from each pole was a web of woven copper cords. Each of these cords was run between a series of stakes spaced a hundred yards or so apart. These stakes traced the shortest land routes between this town and every town with which it had amicable relations, which was quite a few indeed. Building all of these was a staggering feat, undertaken in bygone days, when time and able-bodied workers were more plentiful. But its ongoing utility will be apparent imminently. Inside the structure was a wall full of bells, each connected to a wire and beside a placard that named a town. One of these bells, the biggest one in fact, was ringing. Its placard read, Federation House. What is it? The Federation. Did you take down the message? Yes, of course. First Snow went to the wall of bells and took a small copper strand from next to the ringing bell between her fingers. She concentrated deeply, and for just a moment, the world around her seemed to shift.
Have that message? Here. What do they say? Everyone's hurting from this blasted war. The Federation needs more corn to feed the old and sick. More corn? I've been to the granary. We'll be lucky as is to feed ourselves for the winter. I must speak with Grandmother. And so First Snow traversed her town once again. But she found that Steady River the Elder, whom the whole town regarded as a grandmother, but whom First Snow felt lucky to regard as an aunt, was no longer beside the creek. So First Snow made for the mill. Auntie! Auntie! Hey, catch your breath, girl! Bad news. Now hang on. Before you tell me the bad news, tell me one thing to be glad about. Auntie! You know my rule. You've already griped to me once today. Now tell me something you're glad about before you gripe again. I guess the mill's not broken yet. See? Not so hard. And I'll even give you one for free. Daffodil's still a good, sweet girl. Ain't you, girl? Hmm? <laughs> However your cousins feel about doing chores, Daffodil never minds to turn this mill. Near to 14 years, no signs of slowing down. Yes, fine. Thank you for all your hard work, Daffodil. <laughs> now what's your news? The Federation needs more corn this year, to feed the old and sick. Hmm. We've not much corn to spare. Yes, Granny, that's what I've been saying. And what do you think we should do? When your choice is between the difficult and the unlivable, you must choose the difficult. Hmm. Any food that we kept from the old and sick would turn to ash in our mouths anyway. We must find a way to send more corn. Good. So, now that you know what is not negotiable, how should we walk the difficult path? Well, we could use the last of the emergency stores, but that would leave us in grave danger should next year's harvest be meager. I would say we could ask the Federation to return the favor next year, if it came to that. But if our crop fails, there's no guarantee the other towns will fare better. Anywhere else to get more corn for next year, then? The eastern fields. They're supposed to lie fallow for another two years, but... We could sow corn a year early without doing too much damage. In any case, it's a more tolerable risk than having no extra stores at all. I agree. Oh, we'd have to aerate it now, before the frost comes. Uh, but maybe a new project, and the cause behind it, will breathe some new energy into the town's work. A grin had begun to tug at first Snow's face for the first time this day, as her mentor looked on with pride. <laughs> See? That's another thing to be glad about. You've earned yourself a gripe at supper. First Snow smiled, despite herself. Now take one or two of the older boys out with you to inspect the field. Make sure all is in order. Then I'll call a meeting tomorrow, and you can propose your plan. And so did First Snow make her way east, to the fields in which nothing was planted last year. Is it close? Yes. My feet hurt. I'm sorry. You can take a rest if you want, little man. We'll catch back up with you later. On this journey, she had conscripted her younger brother and a slightly older but much larger friend. Thus, as was typical, she had taken an appreciable portion of her elderly mentor's advice. Oh, don't coddle him. His feet don't really hurt. He just wants attention. So he's just gonna tag along the whole time, then? Grandmother said take two boys along. You wouldn't have me disobey your town elder, would you? So when you said, take a walk and inspect the fallow fields, you actually meant that. 
Gross. Mind your own business, second-born. But also, yes, don't flatter yourself, Capelboy. See, she does think you're gross. How about I follow your fields, runt? Will both of you be... As the trio pushed their way through to the open field, they were met with a half-dozen crossbows trained on them at point-blank. Now just where in Selberin do y'all think y'all going? The men wielding them looked to be humans of eastern descent. They were dusty and sunburnt, and their armor was rough-spun and piecemeal. But their meticulously crafted repeating crossbows were of obvious elven design. Answer me. Why y'all here? Maybe they ain't speak common. One of the men lowered his weapon and addressed Kapalbui, who tensed up. Howdy. Me. John. Who. You. Why. Here. I speak some eastern tongue. The armed men now turned their attention away from Kapalbui and towards First Snow. Good. Then you know what I'm asking you. Uh, yes. We came out to inspect the fields. Uh, we're unarmed and have no fight with you. Though I might just as well ask what you are doing here. Ha! First Snow's two companions could not understand what was being said, and thus did not know the reason for or intention behind this man's laughter. They looked at each other uneasily. We're doing our job. Now tell me, little miss, do you know the word trespassing? No. Well, it means walking someplace you ain't supposed to. And y'all are doing it. This here field is the property of my employ... Uh, boss. And I'm allowed by law to use deadly force to protect it from trespassers. Now y'all seem peaceable enough, so I don't want to do that. But I am going to have to ask you to turn back around. Who is your boss? This cannot be their property. He's got a charter from the White Forest and everything. Else I wouldn't have taken this job. May I speak with him? I don't think so. He's very busy. I won't leave until I speak with him. Now can't we just have a nice quiet afternoon? Yes, after I speak to your boss. The armed man sighed and rubbed his temples. I can just go ask him, Jack. I reckon he's expecting this sooner or later. Maybe he wants to get out in front of it before it turns into a whole thing. Can you negotiate on behalf of your people? First Snow looked at him quizzically. Make agreements, I mean. Will your people stick to agreements you make? They don't have to, but they trust me to pass messages. All right, fine. Go ask him. Now if, if he agrees to talk to you, I'm going to have to search you all for weapons, all right? I said we were unarmed. I heard you. Make sure that big fella understands what's going on here. I don't want him getting the wrong idea, you hear? I give you my word. Uh-huh. Hands up over your head. A few hundred yards from where first Snow and her retinue were detained, there stood the nascent wooden skeleton of what sought to be a large house. Around the perimeter of this structure was a raised wooden platform on which perched an elf. He was in his early middle age and draped in fine beige silks that were the height of fashion at the time. At the moment, he was rocking gently back and forth in a wooden chair as he swilled an aromatic brown liquid. This is the state we find him in, as first Snow and her comrades are brought before him under armed guard. Uh, this is them, I presume? Yes, sir, Mr. Jeff. Walked right up like they own the place. That's close enough. 
Uh, your man here says one of them speaks passable common. Yes, sir. That one there. Cautiously, but not timidly, first Snow took a step forward. Hello. Uh, pleased to meet you. Hmm. Hello indeed. Uh, what do you call yourself, girl? For now, uh, call me neighbor. Yes, well. My name is Timar Slodliff, and this is my farm. With respect, I'm afraid you're mistaken. This is our farm. Our village has sown here as far back as our stories. Perhaps. However, you have not sown these fields in the last two years. Yes, they're meant to lie fallow Therefore, into... they are fair to claim, and I've claimed them. By what law? A new one, admittedly. But uh, fully ratified by the White Forest and quite enforceable. I can read the whole thing to you if you'd like. But uh, of course we haven't sown here. Uh, the soil was worked and now it needs time to rest. <laughs> Very charming bit of folklore, to be sure. But we elves are an industrious race. Demand for corn is at an all-time high right now. To fall back on superstition when others are wanting is... Uh, well... It borders on selfish, wouldn't you say? And so if you will not make use of your Galadon-given plenty, the law permits me to. We know how to work our land. You do not. If you try it yourself, you will fail and starve both our peoples in the process. I think not. I've all the latest technologies of the White Forest at my disposal. If you're such good farmers, then why do you need other people's land? First Snow stepped forward, but was restrained by her companions even quicker than the armed men raised their crossbows. Now listen. I've tried to explain this all very patiently, but I'm very busy, so pray forgive my bluntness now. This here is my lawful property. If my person or my property is threatened, the full might of the White Forest is legally bound to come to my aid. If I fear they'll not arrive quickly enough, I can afford to hire as many rangers as I may need. My strong preference is that it need not come to that. There, I imagine, we agree. But do not mistake my politeness for temerity. Go back and tell your people that so long as I am unmolested here, then there shall be peace. But aggressions or provocations visited upon me shall be visited back tenfold. Captain, please escort them off the property. The sun had begun to set by the time first Snow and her companions were out of earshot of the crossbow-wielding men. What does he mean it's his farm? Says it's some new eastern law. This won't stand. Back east, Nia made her way back to Friar Johansen's chapel, with her feet pounding the cobblestones to match the pounding inside her chest. It required her trained clerical discipline not to break into an outright sprint. She made some effort to watch for elf patrols as before, but her head was hazy with the blood rushing through it. Frederick, what news? Nia? Oh, thank Galadon, you're all right. I'm so glad I trusted my gut. What do you mean? I do wish you had told me the danger you were in. Though I, of course, understand why you felt you couldn't. What is it you've heard? Oh, and congratulations are overdue as well. A martial commendation? Why, I never... Martial commend... Uh, uh, oh, Frederick. 
No. Nia's knees had already begun to feel weak. <laughs> but where are my manners? You'll not have heard yet, and I suppose it's only proper for the bestower to tell you herself. And then the door to Frederick's office opened. Nia could not see the face of said bestower, silhouetted as it was by the morning sun, but the opalescent armor and flaxen braided hair were unmistakable. It was then that Nia's knees gave out completely. Nia, what a relief to see you. The Once and Future Nerd is directed by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. It is created and executive produced by Zach Glass and Christian T. Kelly Madeira and co-executive produced by Jess Kelly Madeira. Alex Story and Ryan Cushman are associate producers. It is performed by... Rhiannon Angel. Garrett Arman. Dan Dobransky. Anya Gibeon. Ian Harkins. Shannon Harris. Riley Jones. All Notice. April Ortiz. Juliet Prather. Frank Quares, Julie Reed, Gregory M. Schultz. Production audio recording by Jared Paul. Editing by Christian T. Kelly Madeira. Sound design, Foley, and mixing by Sarah Baczynski. Tom Lee is our musical director and lead composer, with additional scoring by Chris Montalbo. For more, visit onceinfuturenerd.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, or Reddit. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed the conclusion to chapter 5. Um, like I said in the intro, I am here to tell you about our upcoming Ask the Once and Future Nerd live stream. As we do at the end of every chapter, we will be accepting listener questions and answering our favorites live on our YouTube channel. That's going to be on Sunday, May 19th, probably in the evening. We are still working out the exact time, but uh, we will announce it, of course, when we know for sure. Um, and if you do miss it live, it'll stay up on YouTube and cleaned up audio will go on our podcast feed usually about a week or so uh, after the stream so if you want to submit a question you can ask us on facebook twitter or tumblr just be sure to use hashtag ask toafn again that's hashtag ask toafn so that you know we'll see it all right thank you for listening we are looking forward to your questions and we will see you for the live stream